everybody and welcome to another edition of old baptist weekly we're happy you've joined us tonight we're very thrilled to be able to be here and hope and trust the lord will bless our efforts tonight and ask that you pray uh for us as always we're very very happy to have elder mike mosley with us tonight brother mike you doing all right doing very well thank you good remind remind everybody uh where you serve at brother I'm the pastor of Grace Friend of Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, little town southeast Texas. <laughs> little um, town. Actually, just north of Houston. So if you say you don't want to come into Houston, you don't have to if you're coming to Grace. You just come just north. Just north of Houston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Houston's not a little town. Remember, I grew up there, Mike. It was littler <laughs> then, though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it's good to have uh, Brother Joe Holder with us tonight. Uh, Brother Daniel couldn't be here. He had some obligations he had to take care of, uh, but we're happy Brother Joe was able to join us. And a little bit of a strange sight is brothers Mike Montgomery and Jerry Anstey sitting next to one another. Uh, you're not seeing double or seeing, I don't know. Um, but brother Jerry is in the Dallas area and will be Lord willing at the first Printed Baptist church in Dallas on Sunday. Is that correct? Yeah. Very good. Very good. Good to see y'all. And tonight, before we turn the service over to brother Mosley, we'd like to get, uh, elder Mike Montgomery to lead our prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly father, we thank thee so much for this wonderful privilege to come together for a little while to look at thy blessed word and to hear thy servant preach thy gospel to us. May it please thee, Lord, to bless our dear brother Mike with great preaching grace and liberty to preach the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. Bless him 
have a fruitful mind and a, and a ready tongue to say those things that would be honoring to thee and edifying to us. Lord, we pray you would bless all that are listening now or who will listen later. Uh, may, may we all, Lord, look to thee more and more in these days that seem so troubled. May please thee, Lord, to bless the church wherever it is, grow and to prosper in the ways that would please thee. Help us, Lord, to, to remember from thee cometh all our help. Mm. Forgive us for our sins and trespasses. Bless us to be forgiving of others. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Mike. And with that, we will turn this over, service over to uh, Brother Mosley. Lord bless, Brother Mike. We love you. All right. Well, I love each one of you, too. I'm so thankful to have another opportunity to be on here with you. Um, I'm always thankful for the opportunities to listen and um, hear the gospel preached from others. Now, if the Lord will bless um, me and us together, I'd like to look at something from Luke chapter 9. And I tried to preach on this recently, and it took like an hour. So I'm praying that the Lord will bless us to condense it, um, to not leave out anything you know, important, but maybe leave out some of the extra things I do, like what I'm talking about right now. I'm probably wasting too much time already. I want to condense it like we've condensed the uh, number of people or number of squares on the OBW today. Um, Luke chapter nine, there's an event that's recorded here. It's recorded in Matthew and also in Mark. Um, I want Luke's account because I see something that Luke says that brings me a lot of comfort. And I want um, I've never seen it before. So probably others have. But I, I really want to draw comfort from what happens here, um, gives us hope um, ourselves. And so we will just begin to read in Luke chapter nine and verse 28. And it came to pass about an eight days after these sayings, he, and that's Jesus, the he, there's Jesus. He took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed again, that's Jesus. As he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening. The, um, just as a extra uh, information, Mark and Matthew record this slightly different and just give a little more description. His face shone as the sun. It said his um, raiment was as white as white as snow or whiter than any fuller on earth can whiten it. So this is a magnificent sight that they were able to behold Jesus as he was, the word in Matthew was transfigured. He was changed. He, What they saw was different than what they had seen as they walked up the mountain. And it said, and behold, verse 30 says, behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias. And just that's Elijah in the Old Testament spelled in the New Testament, Elias. Just so we know who we're talking about, Moses and Elijah or Elias says, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. And Matthew, I think it specifically says they spoke to Jesus or they talked with Jesus. Then it says, but Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make 
three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias, not knowing what he said. And while he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them, and they feared as they entered into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. And other account, it says, whom I'm, in whom I'm well pleased, hear ye him. What is happening here is a real event. It's important that we understand, and I think we would all agree, that this is not a, um, a hallucination or a um, figment of anyone's imagination. There, Peter, James, and John all saw the exact same thing. They really were in the presence of Jesus as he was transfigured, as he was changed, as he was Glory shown from his face, from his garments, um, in a magnificent way. Peter would would recount this in his second letter, uh, that they were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And that had a, it's a word that means like a divine resplendence or just glory. And they that he was given glory by God, who spoke from glory. And so we can understand here, Maybe not that they saw all the glory that Christ had before the world began, all the glory that he inhabits now in, in heaven. I don't know that they could stand it, but they were given a magnificent um, view of the Lord and glory. Now, this is before he goes to the cross, before he goes is uh, risen again, glorified and ascended back to heaven. But nonetheless, he had glory and it was revealed. But they also saw Moses and Elijah or Elias. And it's from, and they were there. I, I, I can't see it any other way than they actually saw Moses and Elijah. And this a real event that really happened shows something. And the Lord gave it to them to then relate to us. It was not, the, he told them not to tell until he rose from the dead. And I, I have to believe they didn't, but they certainly told after because Mark, Matthew, Luke, they weren't up on that mountain. They were given this information. They were told this. And Peter told it in his letter that we were there and we were eyewitnesses. It's not just to tell us that it happened, though. There's there, like with all scripture, there is something that we can draw comfort and, and knowledge from and hope and expectation from. And what I want to pull out, not all that's in here, but three things that I think this tells us about heaven and it gives me great hope, great expectation. Now, John says in his letter uh, in first John, he says that beloved, it doth not yet appear. Behold, it doth not yet appear how we shall be. And I'm certainly not trying to say everything about what it'll be like in heaven. We don't know. And some and some men's imaginations, they come up with an idea of what heaven's like. If it doesn't come from scripture, it's just that men's opinions, men's um, imaginations. And no matter how beautiful the picture may be in someone's mind, if it doesn't come from scripture, it doesn't give me any consolation, any hope, anything firm I can put my um, rest myself on. It may be beautiful, but I, I tend to think no matter how beautiful we think it is, it's better. Heaven is better than anything we could possibly imagine. But scripture doesn't leave us completely void of understanding about heaven. It does give us some information. 
I think three things are told here that can tell us about what it's like for us in heaven. The first thing that I want to notice is that Moses and Elijah were there. Not only were they there, the Peter, James, and John knew it was them. Peter would then later say, let's let us build three tabernacles. He was not confused about who he saw with Jesus. They were there in their individuality, in their personhood or who they were. And this tells me and other scriptures I want to relate that we don't lose our identity when we are in heaven. You know, there is the question that people ask, will we know our loved ones in heaven? I have to say, yes, we will. Will we know them as we knew them on earth? And I'm thankful to say, no, we will not. We will know them better. We will know them as God knows them, and we will love them as God loves them. Now, that's something I cannot say about now. No matter how much I love someone, I don't love them love them perfectly. I can't love perfectly because I'm imperfect. But in heaven, I will be able to love as God loves. I will know them as God knows them. We do not lose our individuality in heaven because God loved us as individuals. He didn't for he did not choose an just a number of people. Say, for instance, I have a certain number of seats in this auditorium and I'm going to sell tickets. Whoever gets a ticket can sit in the seat. No, he, in Romans chapter eight, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, as in a family, for whom he did foreknow, an intimate and loving relationship. It's a one-on-one relationship that God has with each one of his people. And that means he loves you as the individual that you are. He loves us in spite of our flaws and our sins. In fact, he took care of that himself in the, on the cross when he died for our sins. But he didn't just die for sin. He died for your sins. He loves you as an individual. And you don't lose that individuality when you leave this world and go to heaven. Moses was still Moses here on this day, many thousands years later after he had died. So, and Elijah was still Elijah there. Uh, Jesus was questioned by Sadducees about the resurrection and his answer to them, uh, numerous points can be made, but I just want to make this one point that Jesus made to them. He said, um, God spoke to Moses at the bush and he's quoting Exodus chapter three. He says, I am the God said, I am the God of Abraham. And I am the God of Isaac, and I am the God of Jacob. So he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. But notice he is the God of each individual one. So God loves us as individuals. He chose us as individuals, and he died for us. Jesus died for us as individuals. You know, the Holy Spirit regenerates you as an individual. It's one-on-one personal directly to you. He speaks to you, and you live. He does not broadcast salvation out there um, like just whoever it lands on. He is laser pointed in his love and his salvation to each one of us. Why would we think we lose that individuality of one God loves when we leave this place? When we go to heaven, 
we will know each other. We won't necessarily, we will not, I would say we'll not relate to each other. The way we related to each other here, we'll relate to each other as joint heirs with Christ and the beloved of God. We will be as one in that way, but we will not be as one in that we lose our individuality. Moses and Elijah being there in person and being known tells me that we will be who we are, who God loved in heaven. There's also something here that I've never seen before, and it's only in Luke's account. It says that Moses and Elijah appeared in glory. Now, I saw, I noticed, I know that Jesus was appearing in glory. It talks about how he was shining and and his countenance was changed. It talks about the glory they saw in Jesus, but there was a glory that was appearing with Moses and Elijah. And that tells me that in heaven, we have a glory. Now it's not our glory. It is the glory of Jesus Christ that is given to us. That's we're clothed with. Um, It tells us about the resurrection and a number of places, but first Corinthians chapter 15, it tells us that um, the, the body, when it dies, is sown in corruption. It's raised in incorruption. It's sown um, in mortality. It's raised in immortality. Um, and I'm going to turn to it because I want that particular wording. Um, and I'm not turning fast enough for my taste, but this body we have that is certainly not glorious now. I won't turn there. You can go read first Corinthians chapter 15, but in numerous places it tells that he will change our, this is not first Corinthians chapter 15, but it says who will change our vile bodies and fashion it like unto his glorious body. We are in fact predestinated for that fact that we would be conformed to the image of his son, that, that we will have a glory. That's, that's a, to me, an amazing thing to, to take hope in. And they showed it there. I mean, they already had it there. The one thing that's interesting is they had very different circumstances, Moses and Elijah, at the close of their natural life. Moses, it says in Deuteronomy chapter 32, that God told him to get up in Mount Nebo and die. And so he did. He went up into Mount Nebo. He, got, he was blessed to be able to view Canaan, view the promised land. But then he died, and it says in uh, later that God that he was he buried him in a valley. His body was buried. No one knows where his sepulcher is. It said until this day, and I say still to this day, no one knows where his body is. But the fact that he is buried. However, Moses' life was not buried. Moses' life went directly to God in heaven. His body awaits the resurrection, just as my grandfather's does, just as mine does, will if I pass from this life. But Elijah had a different circumstance. The end of his life, we read in 2 Kings, that God took him up in a whirlwind, body, soul, and spirit. Now, there's one other that was talked about that that, that happened to Enoch in Genesis, um, one of the descendants of Abraham or of Adam and ancestors of Noah, he, that he walked with God and it said, and he was not for God took him or in Hebrews, it says that he was translated that he should not see death. And the same thing happened to Elijah. They didn't die and their bodies weren't buried. 
they went to heaven, body, soul, and spirit. So unlike Moses, Elijah is in heaven, body, soul, and spirit. But here he appears in glory. Moses' body was in the grave, but here he appears in glory. It tells me that in either case, when those that are in heaven, and I I can't say there's any more people in heaven with a body except for Jesus Christ himself, who ascended back with his glorified risen body, Moses, I mean, Elijah and Enoch. That's all I know about for sure. But from scripture, but I can say that they have the same glory that Moses and all the others who have died, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, their bodies are on the ground, in the ground, their soul and spirits in heaven. There's no distinction made between the glory of the two. And I take from that, that it's really the glory of Christ that clothes us either way, that we will reflect the glory of our savior who died for us. When the resurrection comes at the end of time, that it says that we will not, that are alive and remain like, like Elijah, who was alive and went to heaven, that we will not prevent them to sleep. They will be raised first and we shall be changed, but we'll all be caught up together. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Then we will be body, soul, and spirit conformed to the image of Christ. And as David said, we will be satisfied when we awake with his likeness. So I take a great comfort in knowing that my loved ones aren't up there as not individuals. They're still the one God loved. I'm, they're not up there with, uh, in a sense, no glory. They're up there with the glory of Christ, though their body is still awaiting the redemption or to it, the redemption of their body, the resurrection to it, the redemption of their bodies. Their soul and spirit is still them. And it is has a glory that is coding, uh, covering them like a coat. Um, lastly, what will we do in heaven? I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Scripture doesn't give me a lot of information about the schedule or itinerary of heaven. And I'm not going to do much supposing, but I'm going to take scripture here and in other places and at least prove one thing we will do. Um, I don't know if we'll be singing forever. I used to say that a lot when I was younger. I've heard it said too, that we'll just sing forever because I love singing. So to me, singing forever and never getting hoarse and never getting tired, that sounds perfect for me, but maybe that doesn't sound like heaven to everybody. You know, whether or not we'll be singing nonstop, I don't know. But I do know that we will be doing forever that which they were doing here. They were talking to Jesus. They weren't talking to Peter, James, and John. I mean, it does not in any one of the accounts mention that they even turned their direction. I think they had their eyes fastened on their Savior, and they were talking to him, and they were talking about something. They were talking, Luke says, about his decease, which he should accomplish in Jerusalem, that which was coming. They were talking about his death, but more than his death, the word decease here it's only used about three times. And when it's you, the Greek word is like Exodus, like the Exodus of the children of Israel out of Egypt. So it's not just a leaving like deceased. You leave this world. Jesus most certainly when he bowed his head, he gave up the ghost and he committed his um, he committed his spirit to God and he went to heaven. But it's not just leaving. It was a victorious leaving. I mean, when, when, when the children of Israel left Egypt, 
They left with spoils. They left as victors, though they fought no battles. They left with a victory. When Christ died on the cross, he went to heaven as a victor, as a triumphant savior. When he bowed his head and gave up the ghost, it was after saying, it is finished. And he won the victory. And he, his, his decease is really, he's the only one who it can be said, which was accomplished. He accomplished this death. He accomplished decease. So when we die, it's not something we've accomplished. It's something that happens to us because of sin. But when Jesus died, he accomplished something. He accomplished it and he finished it and he won the victory. In Revelations chapter five, it talks about um, four beasts. It talks about four, 24 elders. Um, I don't, I'm not going to talk. I'm out of time. I don't, I'm not going to talk about like the symbolism in that, but it talks about thousands and thousands and 10 times thousands of angels. And they're all saying the same thing. They're saying, worthy art thou, the lamb that was slain, that thou hast redeemed us. He, they're praising Jesus for his victorious redemption on the cross. And that's what Moses and Elijah were talking about here. And no matter how we're going to do it, whether we're going to talk, whether we're going to sing or whatever we're going to do, I think we will spend eternity. I believe we will spend eternity with our Lord and praising him for the victory the he accomplished by his death on the cross. We will be saying, worthy art thou for thou hast redeemed us. You died and you rose again and you exited this world as the triumphant savior. So from this real account, I think we get a lesson that in heaven, we are still the individual God loved. We are still, or we have a glory that's given to us by the glory that is our saviors, and we praise him forever. Now, if that's what we do in heaven, why not do that here? That's what I want to do with my life while I'm here is to do what they're doing in heaven. I want to praise my Savior for his victory on the cross, for his death for me as an individual he loved. I want to praise him and rejoice in hope of the glory of God that is awaiting someday for me because of his victory. And I want to praise him with every breath that I have. Um, I encourage us all to do so and have a little bit of have heaven here on earth. Do that which our loved ones are doing in heaven. I thank you for time and I pray that the Lord bless this and brother, I turn it back over to you. Amen. Brother Mike. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Good. Wonderful. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. <clears throat> uh, brother Mike Hughes. Yes, sir. What do you have to say about that? Oh, <laughs> I wish it weren't first, but uh, (laughs) Brother Mike, the Lord blessed you and blessed us with that. Thank you so much. That's one of my favorite areas to to look at in the scripture is is the resurrection. And, and, uh, you know, the thoughts that you brought out, I think, are are, uh, certainly not speculative, but I think they have grounds and meaning behind them and substance for us to think about. And uh, you know, I think about that that change that we're going to experience, you know, to take on that glory of, of Christ and in its fullest. And John mentioned something about, you know, mansions in the 14th chapter of John. And I've often thought about that, you know, back over to that 29th verse in the 8th chapter of Romans, where he talks about 
we will be fashioned like him. And I think that mention that we're going to take on is that just what you talked about. That's the glory of, of our Christ. It's not, not white stone pillar buildings. It's, it's that mention that we're going to have that will be uh, ours forever. And, and so I really appreciate you bringing that out. And uh, those other thoughts about the individuality and, and uh, you know, our interaction and, uh, you know, the, the Lord teaches us that that uh, what he has is, is life and it's and life is active. And so I think life in heaven is going to be active, too, just like you said. And uh, there will be things there that, that we will be involved in. So I really appreciate that. And uh, and a uh, lot to think about and a lot to uh, contemplate on that you've given us here, and I really appreciate that. So with that, I'm going to turn it back over to uh, Brother Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Hughes. Good thoughts. Brother Joe Holder. Thank you. Brother Mike, hey, I wanted to say amen a whole bunch of times. <laughs> you, you touched a, a tender, precious point in my study and my, and my, my thoughts. I, I suspect as we grow older, some of those things become more precious to us and thank the Lord they do. I especially appreciated your emphasis on individuality. Yeah. That is so central to scripture's teaching and you nailed it spot on as far as my understanding goes. There are, and I, I don't, I won't say more, but there's a, an idea in Christianity today that says, okay, the Bible does teach election, but it's class election. And if you will put yourself in the right class, you will become elect. No, sir. From election to resurrection to eternal heaven, we are individuals. Amen. And the Lord loved us, died for us, and will resurrect us as individuals. Amen right. to that point. It yeah. can't be emphasized too much. Right. In all those points you made, you drove me to one of my absolute favorite expressions in the whole New Testament. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. We're in this tabernacle and burden, but we're hoping for the release. And here's the point that mortality might be swallowed up yeah. of life. Yeah. You reminded me of swallowing up of the life of Jesus that will consume and eliminate our mortality, and we shall be like him. Yeah. Amen, brother. Double amen. Yeah. Triple, amen. Triple quadruple. Uh, yes. Yeah, I love that. I love that uh, verse, and I left that out to try to be timely. But that that section of scripture is what I'm thinking about with Moses. His earthly tabernacle was dissolved, but he was clothed, not naked. He was clothed upon. But what was he clothed with? The glory of Christ. Yes. So I got to get it afterward. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Brother David Montgomery. 
Hey, that's that was wonderful, brother Mike. Uh, I love the fact that there is no distinction made between Moses and Elijah, mm. even though one went into heaven, soul, body, spirit, and one soul and spirit. I also love the fact that Peter knew who they were, never having laid eyes on them or seeing any graven or painted image of them, but he knew I, I trust to the Spirit of God as just like he knew who Christ was. Uh, I love what it said that they were doing. They were speaking to Christ. That sounds good. Man, I was yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and, and I know you said, you know, we're going to be singing a lot in heaven. Well, I see more talking in heaven. Paul, uh, when he went up to third heaven, he heard things. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear singing, though. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to trust there's some good singing up there. If they're singing, it's going to be the best we have ever heard. But I know the speaking that we're going to do is going to beat everything we've ever done. <laughs> and I like the fact they're speaking with Christ as equals almost as amazing. And, uh, and you know, and I love the fact they departed. They're like, uh, Peter is about to put his foot in his mouth. We're out of here. Bang, and they left. So we're going to be smarter than we are now in heaven. Okay. Smarter. Okay. Um, so it tells me what our folks who have gone on to be with the Lord, what they're doing right now. You know, my, you know, dad, you know, mm-hmm. Brother Monic, uh, Brother J.A. Rowell, uh, Brother, uh, Brother Arthur Mosley, mm-hmm. Brother J.D. Holder, Brother Clifton Ivy. Brother Jerry Newman, Sister Marilyn Hughes, all these are loved ones who have gone on. We know they're better off than we are. Amen. They're having a better time than we are right now. They're yes. having a better mm-hmm. time than I've ever had. Yeah. I like to tell people the best is yet to come. Mm. It's keeping the good wine until then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm a little jealous. Like, they're like, the best, you know, yeah, y'all ever miss a meeting? You hear everybody talk about it. And you're like, oh man, I wish I'd been there. Well, you ought to feel that way 24-7 because the yeah. best meeting is going on right now and we're missing it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, we're just gonna have to wait until our change come. And I'm just gonna say this, and if you have any comments on this or for the mic or anyone, um Peter's Peter. We all know we, 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 we like the fact that Peter did a, a dopey thing when he said, Let us build three tabernacles. Which of us on the panel has not done a dopey, stupid thing today in our, in our life today, in our ministry today, behind the pulpit? Which, which one of us? I mean, like, I want to, I want to hand raise of y'all if you've never done it because. Uh, I'm gonna say you just done a dumb thing because we're all guilty. But the thing is, is this when Peter related this um was in Second Peter one, chapter one. Uh and I'm not gonna take the time to read it, but he mentioned things. He said, We saw his honor and glory. Uh we heard their voices, we heard what they said, we knew what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were with him. 
and we heard the voice of God. Hear ye him. And that, to me, is to us, that was to Peter, don't hear yourself. Don't don't hear what you have, you know, if you're going to pump yourself up or if you're going to just incriminate yourself all the time. Don't hear what others say. I mean, if it's good advice, but, you know, don't, don't hear grudges. Don't hear vengeance, anger. Don't hear others say, oh, you just got to believe in yourself. Or you just gonna believe in us? Don't hear the devil, which says, "Just hear me." Don't hear anybody else. Hear ye him, <laughs> and that is the focus of Peter said uh, when Peter related it. Or <clears throat> with him in the holy mount, mm-hmm. and Peter said, "Oh, and that's when I did that dopey, stupid thing, by the way, <laughs> because sins and iniquities, God, God remembers no more." Don't let anything that you've done or others done have taint have get in the way of hearing him. Mm-hmm. I I love that. Now, you got anything you want to say? You got any pearls? <clears throat> I'm I'm ready for some pearls, y'all. And I'm looking at all y'all. Pearl of wisdom. Let's go. Uh wow, man, I, I'm so edified. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, I'm glad you brought that up, Brother David, because I read all the way down through Peter's uh, met his mistake there. And I yes. meant to actually make a comment about it. And I ran out of time. So I stopped. So since yes. you brought it up. Yes. I thought about why did that all happen? I mean, did they did the Lord take them up there knowing Peter's going to make this mistake so he could just show him a lesson um, that it's not about the law. It's not about um, the prophets. No, I don't think he took him up there just to teach that lesson, but the lesson isn't disconnected. Yes. When they were up there, they watched Moses and Elijah talk to Jesus about Jesus. And then Peter, he, he brings, he's let's make a tabernacle to all three. And then God says, no, it's all about Jesus. That's right. And then, praise is all about Jesus and our life here. The praise should be all about Jesus. Anytime we add to that, we messed up, but Peter's mistake was not um, so against our, it's just like me. It's just my nature. He didn't know what to say. It said he knew not what to say. He wished not what to say. So he said something. Why do I have to do that all the time? That's that's, that's my problem. Yeah. Well, and I like the fact, you know, Luke said <clears throat> that really before Peter said that, it said they were departing. Moses and Elijah, they were already, I think they were already gone when Peter said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they knew we're going to give him the preeminence. Mm-hmm. Let us listen to what Moses and Elijah say, but focus on the object of what they say, and that is Christ. Right. If I may submit that to y'all. Yep. But then at least Peter learned his lesson because when he related it uh, in Second Peter, he did not mention Moses and Elijah. Yep. That is true. We were with Jesus in the Holy Mount. We yes. Yes. Wow. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Brother Mark, who, who's next? That's good. That's good. Jerry Anstey. Well, uh, Brother Mike. Bless your heart. What a wonderful message. Very uplifting and 
uh, how wonderful is it to have Christ evidently set before our eyes mm-hmm. on a Wednesday night yeah. in such a way? Um, I, I will rest well this evening. Uh, Brother David, and, and your remarks of those that have gone on uh, before, you know, the, the best that we can do tonight, and, we're, and I trust we're doing it, is we can talk about him. There's coming a day we get to talk to him. That's right. And this account blesses us to your point, your multiple points, Brother Mike, of uh, what we have to look forward to. Uh, I want to sing in heaven. I want to talk to the Lord in heaven. Uh, And that can go on forever in eternity. I mean, forever doesn't exist in eternity. (laughs) It just keeps going and it'll be, It'll be a wonderful, wonderful experience. Yep. But it's, it is also to the best of our ability tonight to, to think on these things. Um, especially when life is, is troubling and there are things that is run around that, that distract us and, and pull us down to this fallen world. Moments like this are refreshing and I agree with what you said in your remarks. Um, I don't want to wait to get to heaven to, to rejoice in the victory that is in Christ. I absolutely am so thankful that you, you went through uh, Moses and, and Elias uh, speaking of his decease. Yeah. And as you read that, and then you started talking about it, and I love what you said about it, the word decease. I, I just jotted down on a note. What will we be talking to him about? And then you nailed it. His victory. Yes. His victory. Um, oh, what a conversation that will be. Yeah. And I guess I'll call it a conversation. I'm just going to most likely put my hand on my mouth and just let him talk. What a, it's a, that's a wonderful word picture. And uh, kind of gave me chills when you when you said it and you went down that path. Um, I, I love what you said also in response to Brother David's remark of, uh, you know, Peter's Peter's reaction to the circumstance. And, you know, we're we're oftentimes too hard on Peter, I think, um, because I know me mm-hmm. <laughs> and I probably would have put my foot in it more than Peter did. Um Peter responded to a circumstance that was out of this world. It it truly was. And he saw some things that he had never seen before. Consider the fact that Peter, James, and John recognized Moses and Elias, yet they had not met them before. Mm -hmm. Now let that just sit and simmer Mm -hmm. for a minute. Right. Uh, when, when you think about that, and I think about this lesson with that in mind, um, I go over to 1 Corinthians. Uh, it's a passage of scripture that I read a lot when I want my mind to kind of leave <laughs> this fallen world. Paul says, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You, you look at that, that, that sentence, that phrase, 
uh, now I know in part that's to be aware. That's just to be aware of something. But the, the other two use uh, the use of know and, and known is to recognize upon some mark being fully acquainted. You know, we're, we're aware today, but we don't know yet as we are known. And I can't wait for that time right. to know as I, as the Lord knows me, mm-hmm. I will know. And I will know all of the elect family of God on that level. And you talk about perfect love, brother. Mm-hmm. I can't even fathom it mm-hmm. sitting here tonight. And I feel full of love right now <laughs> with this message. But I can't even fathom how good that is going to be. But what a joy it is to meditate upon it. What a joy it is to hear messages like this tonight. Because when I lay down tonight, I'm going to thank God for this message. And then I hope I fall asleep thinking about this message. Right. I'm going to rest well tonight. God bless you, brother. You're really blessed. Thank you. you. That's such a blessing to hear. Um, You know, I, I know people... They let's say they think of, I want to know my grandfather, right? Um, and or my father, or what have you. You didn't know him that well here, not as well yeah. as you think you do. Yeah. But in heaven, you're gonna know him as he's known of you, yeah. no, of God. Right. And you know what? When we think that way, we think about ourselves, but you're not thinking about someone who never got to know their grandfather. I mean, my grandfather's and grandmothers, they all passed away by the time I was, I think, 12. Now, I know them. I remember them, but I didn't know them that well. Mm. Um, but I'm going to know them in heaven. Mm. I'm going to recognize them, mm. not necessarily as my grandpa, but as the child of God that yeah. Jesus died for. And I can't say we're going to only talk to Jesus. I might talk to you, but I'll tell you what, I know I'll be talking to you about Jesus. You're yeah. right. Yeah. That's a good point. That's so Amen. good. <laughs> I'm looking Amen. forward to that. Yeah. Jerry, elbow that guy you're sitting with. Gladly. There you go. <laughs> Even so come. <laughs> well, I, I think we'll all say amen to this because it's straight out of the Bible. But whatever we, <clears throat> whatever transpires in heaven, we will be satisfied. <laughs> right. Amen. So whatever it is, it may not sound satisfying. If we knew, for instance, some of the things we're going to do, we may not be satisfied with it here because we just don't understand heavenly things because of the limitations on us. But if when if when we wake at his likeness, we shall be satisfied. <laughs> and until then, we need to learn to be content. <laughs> you know, there's nothing... Joe Holder says nothing is written in a vacuum and context, context. And what's the third thing? Context. <laughs> and this scene, I know my brother bound to know this. He's, well, I don't know if he knows this, <clears throat> but why the transfiguration at that point in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ? I don't know if I have a really, really an answer for that. I just, I just know things don't happen in a vacuum. Mm. And uh, I speak as man when I say this. 
I think the other disciples would have loved to have seen the transfigured Lord. Mm-hmm. They were as much apostles as Peter, James, and John. I know Peter, James, and John seem to have special closeness with the Lord. John, certainly, Peter, and James. But <clears throat> those questions may be, you know, of secondary interest. I do know Peter had just had a, uh, a whooping from the Lord for saying uh, to him about Jesus talking about his decease. Mm-hmm. And Peter said, not so, not so. Lord, not so. And what did the Lord say to him? Mm-hmm. Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou yep. savorest not the things of God. Mm-hmm. And then he makes this really interesting comment, and you find a variation of it in all three of the synoptics uh, about being disciples, no man is worthy to be my disciple, except he take up his cross and follow me, deny himself, take up his cross. And then he says, verily there be some standing here, which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man come in his glory. The Son of Man come with his angels in his glory. Son of Man see the kingdom of God mm-hmm. come. I don't have answers for what all that may mean, but I get the idea that glory is something very important. Mm-hmm. And it's all bound up in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Sure. And the Lord is saying to his disciples, you haven't seen it yet. I think he's saying to them, you're going to see it. Mm. You will see it. Now, does that event on the Mount Transfiguration qualify as that moment? I think it, is, it certainly is one. One of them. Certainly one. And after Peter had made that bold declaration, there after Christ, the Son of the living God, then he said, you're not going to do what God sent you to do. That's basically what he was saying. Mm. I'm not going to let you do what your father sent you to do. And then hearing what the Lord said, do you, am I wrong in thinking, am I wrong in thinking that the Lord knew Peter needed some encouragement? No, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. And what more encouragement could you get? <laughs> He's seen the, the natural body of Jesus Christ. Jesus let him see a little bit of that glory. And it, that little bit was a whole lot. Yes, it was. It's one thing to hear, I can only imagine the human pre the human incarnate Jesus before his resurrection speak to you. And another thing to see the resurrected Jesus speak to you. That's encouragement to me. What about everybody else? Yeah. This is, this is an interesting point for me. I don't know if it will be for anybody. I've heard Joe talk about this. So if you don't like it, it's his fault. (laughs) You go back to Second uh, Peter, where my brother was, right, brother? You were there. Where Peter says, uh, "Before my decease," he uses the same word. Mm. Yep. You're right. It's Exodus. Mm-hmm. I don't think that word's there for nothing. Mm. It, it, I don't want to make too much of it, but the fact that the word Exodus is used, it makes me think of the Exodus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. What about the Exodus. What's unique about it? The whole family of God as typified by the nation of Israel, left triumphantly in power, in great glory, through the Red Sea. Mm. Mm. That was power, man. There's some glory. And Jesus, and Moses, the very Moses, who (laughs) raised his hands to stand still and see the salvation of God. He said that. He said that, right? Yep, yep. He that he's the one with Elijah that said they talked to him of his decease, of his decease, of his exodus. 
Oh, his Exodus. His Exodus. Yeah. I like that oh, word. I really oh, like that. I like that word. I like it. It's it's oh. used it's used in uh, one more time in Hebrews and in here in Second Peter, where Joseph giving commandment concerning his bones. Yep. About departing. The, resur- the the death of Christ wasn't the only thing that the the Exodus his decease had in mind. Right. I mean, just hearing right. the English word deceased, you might think that's all they're talking about is mm-hmm. only the death. But I think they were also yeah. talking about his return. Yeah. In power and glory. His yeah. exodus in power up back to his father and the holy angels. Man, what a scene that must have been in heaven hmm. when the son of God, the son of man, enrobed in glory, victorious over death, hell, and the grave, enters into heaven. I can just see in my mind's eye, puny way of thinking, but I can see rows upon rows of angels <laughs> shouting for glory mm. the return of the king yeah. to the heavenly throne of God and his father with that smile upon his face. <laughs> uh, Man, yeah. That sentimentalizes it, but I, I, it gives me goosebumps. No, it preaches it. You're saying that deceased and exodus are the same word? Is that what you're saying, Mike? Look it up in your trunk. Sorry, sorry, Joe. I know you don't want trunk. Look it up in your mouth. <laughs> what are you saying? I mean, like, I don't, I don't like, like, I want to hear that. That's too good to hear it one more. I need to hear it one more time. That's the word that's there for disease. It's Exodus. Right. Wow. Oh, y'all just Exodus. Yeah. Oh. I ain't which, never heard no Crota Baptist say that. I haven't heard that in like 10 years. Yeah. I've been hearing old Baptist all my life. I've never heard that preached in a sermon. <laughs> well, Mike, didn't you say that in your sermon just a few minutes ago? Didn't you mention yeah. that word Exodus? Yes, he did. I thought <laughs> he's yeah. crazy. Mike Mosley has lost his lid. He's gone <laughs> completely bonkers. How? What? It is Exodus. That's <laughs> an Exodus. Holy mackerel. It's more I mean, holy than Michael. I, it's, I, 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 I hate to say this, but that was a good point. It's an excellent point. I can have my exodus now. Yeah. Okay. In, in closing, yes. this is where the Joe Holderisms. Okay. Yeah. They, they, it's like a worm that gets in your, goes in your ear, <laughs> worms its way into your hippocampus and into your cere- cerebellums. Whatever that is. It makes you think thoughts that you wouldn't otherwise. He, he do. He do that. But when Peter spoke about the transfiguration, <clears throat> yes. Yes. what did he say about the transfiguration at the very end? I don't know. Tell us. He used it to say, I think, here's the most glorious thing my human eyes have ever seen. Yes. Right? What? But he says, but there's something even That's better than that. That's right. What is it, Joe? No way. What is it, Joe? I want you to say it. <laughs> a more sure word of prophecy. That's it. That's I'm me. writing it, but you'll have it after my decease. Ah, after after my exodus. Yeah. And, and my, his, yes. If, if you want to see just a hint of what happened when Jesus got back to glory, take a look at Daniel chapter seven. Can you read that for us, Joe? Can you read for us? <clears throat> no. Uh, Please. Okay. Thir- verse 13 and reading down. I'll just read verse 13. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, there he is, okay. came with, cloud, with the clouds of heaven. Yeah. He comes back oh. and came to the Ancient of Days, the, the Father, of days. 
and they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom <laughs> that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, that's even good for an amen. I mean, that, that is so good. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Jeff. So what I'm saying is we have our Mount of Transfiguration even today, don't we? In a matter yeah. of speaking, hmm. Peter says, I'm not saying we nanny nanny poo poo. We got it. You don't. I'm saying we have a more sure word of prophecy. That's right. In other words, more sure than even the Mount of Transfiguration right. experience. That's right. Come on, man. Really? The gospel of Jesus Christ is better. It's, it's, it shows a glory that we can experience today, which yeah. is it doesn't take second place to the Mount of Transfiguration. No, that is so true. We have quite an exodus. Oh, we? We, we do have quite an exodus. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm yeah. getting confused with OBW and OBW talks because <laughs> I want to. I want to just say something about what you say. It's your turn, brother Mark. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go, Jerry. Now, go, Mark, uh, Marcus. Daniels Marcus is <laughs> Take his home, brother. No, I think Mike, brother Mike Mosley may have something to say after that. I just wanted to add that Peter, uh, when he said we have a more sure word of prophecy, he doesn't say ye have a more sure word of prophecy. And he says, he says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. So Peter took ownership of the blessing of the gospel above even his own eyewitness account. Yeah. I love that he took, he said, I have that too. Yeah. Brother Mike, now, Brother Mark, sorry. Now I got to say what I was going to say. <laughs> you go back to Luke. It does not say that Peter said what he said because he didn't know what to say. Here's what it says. And Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias, not knowing what he said. Right. It doesn't say he didn't, because he said this because he didn't know what to say. He didn't understand the implication of what he was saying. Right. That's true. But ultimately, he did understand. Ultimately, he did understand. Today, we have we have the gospel. If we add anything to Christ, we have no idea what we're saying. Oh, so true. Good stuff. Wow. I can't wait to that, but in Mark's account, it says that he didn't know what to say. Well, and, and, so, you, and you're right, he didn't, but he also he didn't, didn't know, know what, what to say. say. He didn't know why to say it. He didn't <laughs> know how to say it. He didn't know when to say it. Or the um, implication. I've been there, any, done that. Yeah. Anytime, <laughs> you're, anytime you're adding to Christ, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know. You don't know, brother. Let Mark Rao talk about the Exodus. Come on, brother Mark. Come on. I can't. I, if I get started, it's just it's it just go. We got to go, brother. So, so like I like I said, we're missing we're missing brother Daniel tonight, but he became active in the comments. One of and and the one of them is just way too long to show, but I'll show this <laughs> comment that he put out there. And I might not be able to tell you what, what we, we will do in heaven, but I'll tell you a long list of what we won't be doing in heaven. Amen. I mean, that's that yeah, is yeah. really yeah. that's really a profound statement that goes along the same Amen. lines, that's Brother right. Mosley. We 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 have we have through scripture a knowledge uh, as best as we can. And I thought you laid it out just just so ably. I thought the Lord blessed you of, of what we will do in heaven. But we've got an exhaustive list of what we won't 
do in heaven yeah. of which the top of the list, the top of my list is there is no sin. Sin Amen. is sin is done. There, it will not, it will not, you know, it will not ever even shadow uh, the gates of heaven. Uh, and and that is something that I'm looking forward to. Um, I really appreciated that. And all of these comments and, and to see brother Mike Montgomery get so, oh, uh, so wound up in that. It was, it was just, yeah, it was up. just wonderful. Yeah, wonderful awesome. to see. I mean, it was, it was, I didn't know. I didn't think he got wound up. He got wound up. You almost hit Jerry. He got wound up. I I was so caught up in it. He could have hit me. I'd have been fine. (laughs) Hands on him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was, it was a wonderful message, brother Mike, and a wonderful discussion afterwards. Mm. And appreciate that. And appreciate everybody that tuned in and left comments and that'll watch this later. Uh, Continue to pray for us. Uh, we don't do this for any glory of ourselves as we oh, were taught so tonight, but certainly for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and right. for the for the help of the saints of God that uh, tune in and watch. Uh, so remember us in your prayers. Uh, next week, uh, we will have Elder Tim Montgomery join Ooh, us right. on yeah. Old Baptist yeah. Weekly. Yeah. So Good we're looking forward. <clears throat> looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. David's coming up, but it's, it'll be a bit. It'll be a bit. But uh, we'll have Brother Tim join us next uh, next Wednesday night. Brother Joe, it's good to have you as always. Good to be uh, here. So appreciate you. It's and, been a good uh, one tonight, I tell you. Yes, yes, it was outstanding. Outstanding. Uh, well, before we log off, we'd like to get Brother Joe Holder, if he would, lead us in a word of prayer. Father, thank you tonight for the rich, assuring reminders of what we can look forward to. When scripture speaks of glory to come, you've given us a little glimpse of that tonight. And it comes with the testimony of scripture and the reminder that we will not have deficits to talk about or to hear about in glory. We will have full conversation full audience with our savior. Thank you, Father, so much in this tired and tiring world of such a reminder. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.